This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm in Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Over 400 million of Russian-affiliated assets frozen in British Virgin Islands. Bahamas, Haitian smuggling probe expands. Jamaica's agriculture minister calls for greater collaboration within region. United Nations Development Program and Inter-American Institute for Corporation and Agriculture collaborate in climate-smart agriculture in Dominica. Inaugural Caribbean Culinary Week officially opens in Brussels. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, July 27th. We start a report today in the British Virgin Islands. BVI News reports that the British Virgin Islands Premier and Minister of Finance, Dr. Natalia Whitley, has confirmed that more than 400 million of Russian holding related assets have been frozen in the British territory since the invasion of Ukraine and subsequent sanctions by world bodies. Speaking at the most recent sitting of the House of Assembly, the finance minister said it has been nearly five months since the full-blown Russian invasion of Ukraine and the world reacted with a suite of the most comprehensive set of sanctions imposed against a world power since World War II. The sanctions involve blocking mobilizing, detaining, and seizing assets, as well as restricting access to global financial systems for Russian-affiliated businesses. The premier said that the result of the heightened regulatory environment was as impactful on the territory as it was in other countries. The Virgin Islands is committed to complying with international sanctions and continues to take all requisite steps to ensure that it enforces all sanctions that are extended to it by way of the relevant overseas territories orders in council, Dr. Wheatley said. The governor's office as the competent authority for sanctions in the territory, has received confirmation that assets with an estimated value of more than 400 million U.S. dollars have been frozen as of May 11, 2022, since the Russian invasion of Ukraine in February 2022, the finance minister added. The premier explained that he was advised that it was perceivable that information provided by the BVI facilitated the freezing of millions of dollars worth of assets elsewhere. Now Grenada reports that Anthony J. Bilkin, United States Secretary of State, held a telephone conversation with Grenada's Prime Minister Dickin Mitchell last Friday, July 22nd. Spokesperson Ned Price for the U.S. Secretary of State in a readout published on the State Department's website said, Secretary Bilkin emphasized the importance of continued U.S.-Grenada collaboration on climate change, energy, food security, and access to finance for Grenada and the broader Caribbean region. The secretary also noted the critical role climate-vulnerable countries like Grenada play in advancing global climate ambition. The mission of the State Department is to communicate U.S. foreign policy objectives to the American public. The United States established diplomatic relations with Grenada in 1974 following its independence from the United 
United Kingdom. Both states over the years continue to cooperate through partnerships, including the Partnership Framework for HIV and AIDS and the Energy and Climate Partnership of the Americas. According to the U.S. State Department's website, the two governments also cooperated closely in fighting narcotic smuggling and other forms of transnational crime. They have signed a maritime law enforcement treaty, a mutual legal assistance treaty, and an extradition treaty. The COVID-19 pandemic prompted an increase in public health cooperation. The U.S. Embassy in Grenada is staffed by a principal officer who reports to the U.S. Ambassador to Grenada, resident in Bridgetown, Barbados. Sinkett's Nevis Observer reports that NASA Bahama police have detained a third Bahamian national as the probe continues into Sunday's tragedy at sea that resulted in 17 Haitians drowning and 25 others rescued after their boat capsized while they were attempting to enter the United States illegally. The man who was arrested at a house in central New Providence late on Sunday night brought the number to three, the number of Bahamians being questioned in relation to the tragedy. National Security Minister Wayne Monroe said authorities intend to examine the full extent of the operation. In my mind, something like that doesn't just pop up and happen, he told a NASA Guardian newspaper. So we may be contending with international criminal organizations. There will be investigations to discover how this operation was put together. Is it localized? Does it involve persons in the United States? Does it involve persons in Haiti? Is it a transnational gang? Our law enforcement officials will address that, he said. The Royal Bahamian Defense Force said 45 people were on board the vessel heading to Freeport, Grand Bahama, or Florida, on the 30-foot twin-engine vessel named Bear Ambitions. Jamaica Information Service reports that as Caribbean nationals look to recover from global external shocks, Jamaica's Agriculture and Finisheries Minister Pernell Charles Jr. is calling for greater collaboration within the region in sharing the tool and solutions to pave the way forward. The minister was speaking at the courtesy call with Bahamian Minister of Agriculture, Marine Resources and Family Island Affairs, Clay Sweeting, at the ministry in Kingston on Tuesday. It is wise for us as we start to re-emerge in the recovery stage to make sure that we never forget the discussions around building resilience as a region and how we're going to help each other to make sure that whatever tools and solutions we have, we share the minister reason. He cited a difficult past two years for the region, plagued with the devastation of global challenges such as the COVID-19 pandemic, climate change, and the Russia-Ukraine conflict. This is especially concerning given the similar vulnerabilities shared by Caribbean countries. To this end, Mr. Charles Jr. told his Bahamian counterpart that the Jamaican government is committed to ensuring that whatever support we can give to the Bahamas, whatever mutual exchange of technical support or other forms of support, we are willing, particularly in a time when it's most needed. In his remarks, Mr. Sweeting pointed out that Jamaica has done extremely well with certain subsectors of agriculture, such as poultry, and informed that his country is looking to revive that sector for its farmers.
Dominica News Online reports that Dominica is now poised to benefit from a training project dubbed Climate Smart Agriculture, which is being undertaken by the United Nations Development Program in collaboration with the Inter-American Institute for Corporation on Agriculture. The overall objective of the Climate Smart Agriculture training is to equip agriculture extension officers, forest rangers, and other affiliated professionals with knowledge and facilitation skills to build capacity in climate smart agriculture as an approach to increasing climate resilient and sustainable development of the agricultural sector. To this objective, there is a three-phase approach. The objective of phase one is to increase the knowledge and critical thinking skills of trainers on core and specialized module content. The objective of phase two is to develop the facilitation of knowledge and skills of trainers to effectively deliver the content to technical officers and farmers. And phase three will focus on the trainers building the capacity of non-trainers, technical extension officers and farmers. The Agricultural Division recently held phase three, whereby a wider body of extension staff within the Division of Agriculture will be exposed to the training exercise. The objective of this exercise is to facilitate a wider community outreach whereby the extension service will engage the rural farming community. Jamaica Information Service reports that the recent cruise industry recruitment exercise has so far resulted in employment of 3,609 Jamaicans as of July 26. Jamaica's Minister of Tourism, Edmund Bartlett, said additional information will be provided once the data has been tabulated. The process is continuing as the final decision is being carried through the Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines and it is anticipated that we will have in excess of 5,000 Jamaicans employed when the process is over, he said. He said that another drive will be held later in the year to meet that target of 10,000 Jamaican workers. There is also another call which is being made for another round in September to November this year. And so we will, in the process, get close to the target as possible, he said. Minister Bartlett argued that the recruitment drive comes at a time when the cruise sector and tourism, by extension, are showing signs of growth and is a telling indicator that Jamaican workers are viewed positively on the global stage. The recruitment drive started on July 8th. Sinkets and Nevis Observer reports that the inaugural Caribbean Culinary Week has officially opened at the Sofitel Brussels Europe last night by HE Ambassador Joy Ann Skinner of Barbados. In the presence of HE Ambassador Edita Hadar, Ambassador and Permanent Representative of the Czech Republic, presently presiding the Council of the European Union, Cariform Ambassador, Charge de Affairs and Business Representatives. The Caribbean Culinary Week, held at 1040 Restaurant of the Sofitel Brussels Europe from July 25th to 29th, is part of the Caribbean Days promotion by the Caribbean Chamber of Commerce in Europe, a series of business and cultural events to showcase the best of the Caribbean, with several trade shows to promote premier Caribbean products and services, as well as Caribbean films. Ambassador Skinner 
currently co-coordinator of the Cariform Group of Ambassadors at Brussels, said, We are welcoming the Caribbean Days promotions in Brussels as an excellent way to raise the profile of the Caribbean, which is not as well known here in Belgium as other regions in the world are known. The Caribbean Culinary Week will allow local, regional and international patrons in Belgium to experience Caribbean's rich cultural heritage through the region's finest gastronomic flavors and artistic products and services. For the Caribbean Culinary Week, the award-winning celebrity chef Orlando is preparing special four-course Caribbean gourmet menus a unique opportunity to experience the finest Caribbean cuisine. Derek Orlando Chatel, better known as Chef Orlando, is a British-born, internationally accredited and award-winning Caribbean celebrity chef who made St. Lucia his home, where he owns and operates Orlando's restaurant and bar. Chef Orlando's culinary establishment has been credited as one of the top three in the Caribbean, and he gained the prestigious title Caribbean Chef of the Year at the Caribbean Travel Awards 2020. The food veteran was voted one of the best chefs in the region in 2018 and 2019 by Caribbean Journal and has been recognized as the only Caribbean restaurant to be observed as one of the best in the world by readers of travel and leisure and food and wine in 2020. And finally, Bad Americas reports that Puerto Rico has launched a tender for expansion and improvement works at Rafael Hernandez International Airport. According to the tender notice, the works are for the passenger terminal and related facilities located in Aguadilla Municipality. The tender's main objective are to improve safety, vehicular traffic, and passenger flow. To provide passengers with climate protection and enhanced safety, an 18,000 square feet extension to the existing mezzanine will be built to accommodate a large departure hall with four new gates with boarding bridges. One of these gates will have capacity to serve international flights with a mechanism to separate passenger flow on arrival and access to a new 12,000 square feet custom and border protection facility. The project includes new elevators, escalators, and stairs, and a new baggage handling system for inbound and outbound flights. The interior layout of the terminal building will also be configured to separate flows in departure and arrival mode, among other works to improve communication, wayfinding, and security systems. An online pre-bid meeting will be held on August 9 for interested parties. The bidding rules will be available until September 9th, and bids will be opened on September 29th. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, July 27th. I'm Keisha Wallace. Fire! For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.